it's the people's champ. I'm some like a bowler. The candy bank dripping off for the old school Impala. I'm with that big bank Hank, then Poppy Joe and Box. Trunk bump like chicken pox. Turn the base up just a notch. You see them blades chopping. It is DFS MVP alongside our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. I'm holding Kushner. And before we get started, TJ, sitting sideways with a Z by Paul Wall. Uh, did this make the Spotify playlist? Of course it made the Spotify playlist. All of our intro songs go on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. I was listening to Arian Foster's podcast this week, and he had Paul Wall on. So naturally, I had to throw a little Paul Wall on our intro music. Also saw Arian Foster uh, tweeting out some, some fantasy football lineups. So uh, open invitation, Arian Foster. Come on the pod. Free, four for four. Uh, subscription, whatever you want. Hit us up. What's interesting is he used to complain about fantasy football all the time. Arian Foster I, hates fantasy football. Now he yeah. loves it. He he was trying to do a few um, uh, fan uh, spots for his podcast. I hit him up a couple times but got no response. But I, w- I would love to talk to an NFL player just about that relationship, uh, how both sides – can do better with it and and kind of just have a a chat with an NFL player to to get the perspective of both sides maybe mend that relationship a little bit with players like that I think it'd be a fun conversation do you want to get a player on the show how do we do that though like how are we going to get a player on I get us a player on I don't just don't know how we're going to get a player on the show we we could work something out we'll talk about it uh, as the season progresses let me start working on that then and then the other thing is like Arian Foster great running back uh, Walter Payton, great running back. Ben Tate, not a great running back. <laughs> so I look at the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Beastie Boys, great. Tribe Call Quest, great. Paul Wall, not so much. But Paul, I, I must say, it's the first time I've ever heard that song. Paul Wall's a, a classic in his own right. He kind of uh, started the whole Grills movement back in the early 2000s. Had a song with Nelly called Grills that was popular. I know he's big, uh, big Texas dude. So uh, don't want to hate. I like Paul Wall. All right, good for you. So the people don't care that we're talking about Paul Wall. <laughs> they want to hear about picks. So we got our week three yeah. plays and using the onslaught method and other GPP lineup strategies. You'll learn about onslaught methods and all the other stuff. And maybe you're using it right now. And you just didn't even know it. But I want to remind everybody, DFS MVP promo is 25% off. It's not too late to get in on our DFS uh, sub here. DFS MVP, just type it in. That's your promo code, 25% off. TJ, who's rating and reviewing this past week? Actually, we've had quite a few new five-star ratings and reviews, so appreciate that to everybody. Each week that uh, we do the podcast, we're picking a winner from those reviews to give a free T-shirt, a free 4-4 T-shirt, really soft, really comfortable. Uh, This week, username HireHard hooked us up with a real nice review, said he's been listening since the beginning so whether that's true or not, I appreciate the review. Uh, shoot me a message on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'll get you the details for that free T-shirt. Very nice. also want to tell everybody about the League Sync app. Tell us about the League Sync app because I know you're big into this. Yeah, 4 for 4 came up with a app uh, this year. So if you're, if you're in the iTunes store while you're rating or reviewing us, I'd recommend that you check it out. Uh, basically, it takes all the information that we use on 4 for 4 in our uh, season-long leagues, anytime you're dealing with waivers or just picking up players uh, after the waiver period, syncs up all your information with 
all the big websites, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, My Fantasy League. And like I said, it's something I use every week. I always forget to set waiver, to pick up uh, players off the waiver wire. It's always, uh, there's different deadlines in every league. So I have to set my alarms for all these different deadlines. And if I'm out and about, the app's really helpful because it, in one click, it shows you which players are already taken, which players are available and it's ranked by four for four rankings so if you uh, have a four for four sub if you have a phone and you're in a fantasy league download that app Uh, if you don't have a four for four sub yet seven day free trial and if you like what you see you can upgrade to access everything on the website right there from the app so it's it's pretty cool all right so here's the new listeners is what we do we got a few of our core plays at every position for the main slate on FanDuel and DraftKings. And then we follow up by a theory segment, which, again, is uh, really what sets this podcast apart from everybody else. But let's get right into it. The week three plays, right? We got two games in the slate with monster over-unders, game totals over 50. Mm-hmm. We got three dogs in a full slate with implied totals of 25 points or more. So how is this going to factor into our selection when we're trying to figure out our core plays? Well, with with these couple of high-scoring games, especially uh, the the two games, Kansas City and San Francisco and the New Orleans and Atlanta, we're going to see a lot of ownership slanted towards the popular plays in that game. And and that's not surprising. We see that every week. But uh, with with two games, I think it's going to be extra concentrated on those games. Uh, It's interesting with those, those underdogs, with a high implied point total, we have uh, three underdogs this week with a point total of at least 25 points. Uh, one of those is on, on the full slate, but it's still interesting because we don't see that very often. Since uh, 2013, we've only seen 41 underdogs with a point total of at least 25 points. Only 15 of those have met or exceeded their implied point total. It, it should be about 50-50 if we're looking at, at any betting lines. Uh, usually it, it falls right down the middle. But uh, these underdogs with high high point totals haven't uh, performed up to par, so that's that's interesting. If we look at the favorites with the high point totals, 25 or more, it's, it's like expected. It's about 50% that go over, 50% that go under. So the sample's small, uh, but I think it's worth noting for anybody that's just automatically going with uh, the strategy of, of taking one of those teams opposite a popular uh, offense like we've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's not a bad strategy, but uh, it, it's definitely not guaranteed either. Yeah, and taking Vegas lines into account is never a bad thing. It's part sure. of the process, getting you ready for whatever your lineup's going to be. But yeah, you know, there's other ways to differentiate yourself too, and just going maybe not with the something at, at a fifty, but maybe a forty-six, a forty-seven yeah. game total, and trying to pick out the guys that are going to stand out in those games too. So it's a lot of different ways to go into it. And I, I, let me just start here. My cash games have stunk up the joint. I have hit <laughs> on tournaments here the first two yeah. weeks and my whole career as a DFS player has been all about cash games. and not really worrying about tournaments. Mm-hmm. So everything has been turned around in my DFS world. And Pat Mahomes has a lot to do with it. Um, ran them out in week one, monster numbers, ran them out in week two, monster numbers. I am not going to get Pat Mahomes a 6% ownership this week. It is just not going to happen. And let's start with him at our core plays at quarterback. 7K on DK, 8900 on FanDuel. He is the highest-priced quarterback on FanDuel. He's right. What is he, second on DK? Yeah, uh, everybody's going to be on this guy this week, aren't they? And that's fine. I think there's enough value at the other positions where you're going to be able to fit him into cash games. 
it, it might take a little creativity pending a couple injuries, but that's a team, the Chiefs, that they have so many weapons uh, and, and they're so efficient on offense that he's going to be a fine uh, play, uh, high floor, high ceiling, but he's definitely going to be one of the highest on plays and he's due for some touchdown regression. He's not going to keep up five touchdowns per game. He's definitely not going to keep up an 18% touchdown rate. And uh, there, there's a couple things that could happen to affect that, which we'll get into a little bit later when we talk about some other plays, but it's worth noting that that ownership's going to be really high. And even with these high game totals, uh, he's going to bounce back to earth, even if he stays very efficient. So keep that in mind when you're building your tournament lineups. Yeah. The question is, does he bounce back to earth this week? You know, he's just been such a difference maker and there has been, there have been other quarterbacks that have stepped up, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one. Um, he was right there with Mahomes. Kirk Cousins last week, he was right there with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to yeah. Yeah, find the guy that's the other guy that's going to go off, and it's going to be at lower ownership than Mahomes because everybody is going to be on this guy right now. You're right about that. Um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Uh, how valuable? Let's talk about the value on DK. Is he your top value on DK? He's my top value, and he's four for four uh, top value. It's someone that we've already talked about a couple times on this podcast and and a quarterback that you need to think about week in and week out for the simple fact that Cam's going to give you a a really nice floor with his legs. He's already rushed for 100 yards through two games uh, on the season. So even in spots where Panthers aren't expected to put up a lot of points, you do have a little bit of a safety net with uh, Cam Newton. And his price has dropped $600 on DraftKings from last week, and it's down $900 on the season. So those players that uh, we know can put up very efficient totals and very high fantasy point totals that don't have a big reason for a drop-off, those are players we usually want to target. And and the only reason for Cam's drop-off is that uh, he hasn't put up huge fantasy games, but he's still accounting for over 80% of the Panthers' total yardage. So it's not like the usage has changed. It's not like he's all of a sudden not running the ball anymore. Uh, This week, the Panthers get to face a Bengals team that's allowed 300 yards passing in each of their games. So if you're you're not looking to pay all the way up for Mahomes, especially on DraftKings, you could get a really big discount on Cam Newton. Yeah, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, it doesn't seem like the value is going to be there quite as much. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good play, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not cash game viable. Probably, at this point, uh, tournament viable because uh, Mahomes, you got some other big names there, but Newton's sandwiched right in between uh, Drew Brees at 8.5 and Russell Wilson at 7.8. I mean, he's pricey. He he is pricey up in the eight, in the eight thousand ranges this week, and and it's a theme that we're going to see across uh, a, across a lot of positions and a lot of players. There's a pretty big discrepancies across uh, Fanduel and DraftKings on salaries, so that's something that I use to to look for value. We're obviously not be able to uh, we won't be able to get to all of them here, but there's some really big differences. So pay attention to those this week. All right, what about Matt Ryan? And again, the Falcons and the Saints. These are two teams, their game totals didn't even get over uh, over the, uh, I think, 40 last year. They were, both the games were in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. year before that, the two teams went off against each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much he could take into account there, but Matt Ryan going up against New Orleans uh, last year, two touchdowns, four picks against the Saints. Oof. But you go back a couple of years, six and, no, six and oh, he had yeah. six touchdowns, no picks. So what, what do you think about Ryan this week? 
Well, what we've seen this year from the Saints defense isn't that ball hawking defense that we saw last year, and it's it's hard to repeat turnovers. It's a very uh, variable stat. Turnovers just aren't sticky from year to year. What we've seen from the Saints is the third highest touchdown rate allowed to opposing passers. Now that obviously has a lot to do with week one, but Vegas is telling us that this is going to be a high scoring game and the spread is just three points. So a lot of points to be had on both sides. Uh, we, we talked about the discrepancy between players on sites this week. Matt Ryan's one of the most noticeable discrepancies. He's priced as a QB 13 on DraftKings compared to the QB seven on FanDuel. Uh, so if you're, you're looking for affordable side to the shootout, Matt Ryan makes for a really good option. He's he's $300 less than Cam Newton on DraftKings, and a lot of times that $300 difference uh, can be the difference in a lineup that you love and a lineup that you hate. And we're looking at those correlation plays that, that I talked about up top. Uh, Garoppolo, I think, will be a somewhat popular correlation play opposite of Mahomes. We know that this game is going to have a lot of correlation between it on both sides of the ball because it's expected to be a high-scoring game. But you're getting Matt Ryan, if we're talking about all those quarterbacks in those high-scoring games, you're getting Matt Ryan $1,000 cheaper than Garoppolo on DraftKings and almost $1,000 cheaper than Drew Brees on both sites. So it's a it's a really big discount to be had in a high-scoring game on offense that all of a sudden they're throwing 62% of the time in neutral uh, game script. That's really high for the Falcons. They're usually right around that league average of, of 53%. So we've we've seen an uptick in passing this year too. A couple of questions for you. I want to go back to Cam Newton first. Mm-hmm. At 6K on DraftKings. So again, Garoppolo's $500 more. Mahomes yeah. is 1000 more. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, is 1100 Maybe we can talk about Rodgers in a sec too. But for Cam Newton, do you expect him to be popular in tournaments too just because of the price tag? Or is this going to be a week where the ownership is suppressed just because Mahomes is so big, Garoppolo's in a big game, and then Breeze and Matt Ryan are going to be in high, high total games as well? Uh, the one thing about the quarterback position when it comes to ownership is it's generally quite flat. So if you look at four for four ownership projections, I think we have Mahomes at 15 to 20 percent. And then uh, I believe it's Matt Ryan and Drew Brees at, at 10 to 15 percent. Anything above 15 percent is pretty high for a quarterback. It's very rare to see a quarterback get above that 20 percent range. So I think uh, relative to to his upside against this uh, Cincinnati defense, I think Cam will be relatively low owned. Um, but I think you usually don't have to be too high on any quarterback to be too overweight on them. So if say you have 20 lineups, if you use any one quarterback in five of those lineups or even four of those lineups, you're probably going to have a higher percentage of that player in your portfolio than the field's going to have in terms of their overall ownership. Uh, so yes, I do think Cam's will be, uh, like low from absolute sense, but relative to other players, I think it'll probably fall in line with what we usually see that like five to 8% range of, of these middle tier quarterbacks, not the most popular guys of the week. And then Aaron Rodgers at 7.1 K. This mm-hmm. is, this is interesting. And I was listening to Rogers talk today. He's even concerned, you know, one hit could set the knee back big time. Cause there's a lot of swelling. He's not going to be running as much. He's still mobile in the pocket, but he's not going to be running as much. He's going up against the Washington team with a really good front four and a secondary. It's been terrific. Uh, One of the better defenses so far early on in the season. I have a hard time thinking that I'm going to have a lot of shares of Aaron Rodgers at that price tag. And maybe that'll work in somebody else's benefit 
If he goes off, I don't see it happening. <laughs> I, I don't like where Aaron Rodgers is this week at 7,100. Uh, I mean, just from a, a, a game theory perspective, uh, he's he's a player that's going to be – he's priced right there with, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so he's going to be a, a natural price p- pivot. The Packers are our favorites. They're projected for over 24 points. And, I mean, yeah, Rodgers is on one leg, but he's all, also a, a smart dude and knows how to work the media. He's, he's not going to say, I feel perfect, I feel 100%. I mean, obviously he's not, uh, but – Green Bay still hung, what, 29 points on, on one of the best defenses in the league last year. So I think this offense is still going to move quite efficiently. And, uh, again, you're not going to need a lot of shares to be overweight on the field. So if if this is the week Mahomes comes back to earth a little bit, you can have a really big leverage on the field just from a price point perspective. And then Rodgers goes for 280 and a touchdown last mm-hmm. week. I'm just yeah. – that, that, that looks – a little bit much for me. The last guy is is uh, Wentz, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz coming back. And if you've seen some of the video, he looks fine. I mean, he's he's yeah. running, he's working around. I think people forget just how big of a dual threat that Carson Wentz was. And there's no guarantee that he'll come out and start running again. But um, that'll be interesting to see where his ownership is coming back after being one of the most valuable fa- fantasy assets there was at the quarterback position last year. I'm sure it won't be above more than than five or six percent. So again, if it's some if it's in a spot that you like, uh, you'll be able to to be overweight on him pretty easy relative to the field. Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but one of his teammates might be one of the most popular players in the week, so it could make for a really good leverage play. All right, let's get to running backs. Uh, Jay Ajayi missed practice on Wednesday as we're taping this here. Uh, Darren Sproles missing practice again. The guy that I got into a lot of lineups last week was Corey Clement, and Mm -hmm. it's because Mark Groh, the Eagles offensive coordinator, said we got to get this guy the ball more. Now, sometimes they actually get the guy the ball more. Sometimes they don't. Last week they got Corey Clement the ball more, 19.5 PPR points. This week he's going to open up from salary for you, 4.3K on DK, 5,800 on FanDuel. Your thoughts on Corey Clement, especially if Ajayi is ruled out? If if Ajayi is out, he becomes one of the best core plays of the week. There's a lot of value at running back this week. Uh, and even though there is a lot of value, it, none of it's bargain basement value. Uh, Clement's going to be that, that bargain basement guy. At the very least in cash games, he's going to be one of the keys to if you want to roster a Mahomes uh, with a with another expensive player, Clement's going to be one of those keys. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to go unnoticed in the community. Of course, it's all pending Ajayi's health. If if Ajayi does play, Clement is is still in play, obviously, because we saw him get a decent touch here, even um, even with Ajayi getting some work last week. But if if Ajayi's out, Clement's a, a clear cash game player. All right, so uh, we'll move on from Corey Clement to Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. Now, Bernard sitting at 5,900 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. He missed a practice, knees a little bit bulky. I fully expect him to go. Um, the way Mixon was used, I mean, he was he, he, they were running him into the ground, but in week mm-hmm. two, Giovanni Bernard kind of came alive a little bit with some, some opportunity. You've got uh, a nice matchup. It does, maybe, hey, Panthers defense can't do it. Panthers gave up uh, over 100 yards to Tevin Coleman last week. How 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 high are you 
on Tevin Coleman, on Gio Bernard, excuse me. He's going to be a core cash game play for the simple fact that he's ex- going to be expected to see a lot of volume at an affordable salary. It's not a, a free square situation. Uh, we knew Mixon was hurt. I believe it was before salaries dropped. So Giovanni Bernard is still priced around like the top, I think top 15 on, on uh, FanDuel, top 10 or 15 on DraftKings, uh, 5,900 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. So it's not ridiculously cheap, but it's considering that Paulson, John Paulson at 4 for 4 has him projected for 25 touches since Mixon was uh, second in the league with team touch share, 47% of, of the Bengals' touches. Bernard's going to get a healthy workload at a very affordable price. Uh, and they're, they're, like I said, there's a couple other values this week, but Bernard Pops is one of the best ones. Gio Bernard, uh, Corey Clement, and then you've got somebody that's gotten off to a slow start this year relatively, led the league in rushing last year, and now Kareem Hunt is down to 7,900 on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. Uh, this high-flying Chiefs offense, listen, it took them one week to get Kelsey involved in the offense, and this could be the week Kareem Hunt gets going too. I mean, we saw it with Kelsey last week, and this is the exact reason that I want players like this. Kareem Hunt's in a ridiculously explosive offense. We know that the the balance in touchdowns between passing and rushing is going to have to balance itself out, uh, especially on a team like this with so many good players. Kelsey was was almost on par with uh, Tyreek Hill in week one. And then we saw that usage pop in terms of fantasy points in week two. Now we look at Kareem Hunt. He's eighth in the league in terms of overall touch share. Uh, 40% of the Chiefs touches have went to Kareem Hunt. The reason is usage down is because they're it looks a little bit down as one, obviously he hasn't uh, scored a ton of fantasy points and they've just been scoring so fast, so efficiently that they haven't had to give uh, hunt 25 touches in the game. That usage is going to translate into fantasy points. And, and that big chunk of team touches is what I I'm really excited about, uh, especially on DraftKings where he's priced down at 6,000, only a hundred dollars more than Giovanni Bernard. Who's a new starter. Uh, now we have hunt, whose salary is down $900 from opening week. And San Francisco has allowed almost 150 yards per game to opposing backs. So it's it's a spot where I don't not even just a, a leverage playoff of popular Mahomes. You should be thinking about Kareem Hunt and cash games. All right. So again, you know, San Francisco just get San Francisco's been getting shredded everywhere mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah. So um, there you go. Uh, how about a special mention this week? Because a starting running back has a hamstring injury and you know, a guy that finished strong last year when he got the opportunity could be stepping up and, and really freeing up some salary and he's in a smash spot against Buffalo. This is interesting because uh, Dalvin Cook has been somewhat of workhorse for the Vikings, at least in terms of, of touch share. It's been pretty much a 70-30 split between uh, between Cook and Murray, but now we have Dalvin Cook nursing a back injury, and we have a, a possible blowout situation with the Vikings favored by uh, 17 points. So even if Dalvin Cook plays, I think this is a situation where it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split, at least for one game, because I don't know that the Vikings necessarily need to give 
uh, Cook his his seventy percent touch share in this spot, and then if it's a blowout, it it goes Murray's way even more so. So it could be a situation where even if Cook's active, Murray could be the guy that sees sixty percent of the touches. And we've already seen this season in blowout scenarios against this Bills offense. Uh, backup running backs compiling a, a lot of points. I, I think backups have uh, compiled over 200 yards, a couple touchdowns, and over 30 touches against this team, the Bills, because they've been so bad on offense, on defense, giving teams uh, a, a lot of points and a lot of great field position. So this is going to be a, a sneaky spot for Murray, especially if Cook plays. If If Cook plays, I think both of these running backs are very much in play. Cash game for Latavius Murray? Only if Dalvin's out. All right. So he's definitely a GPP, though, even if Dalvin does play. Sure. We'll move on to the wide receiver position. You know, coming into the year, my guy was uh, Michael Thomas. I, mm-hmm. I really feel like he's in a position where he could be the number one overall fantasy wide receiver. He's yeah. got the system. He's got the talent. He's got the quarterback. And so far, he has been absolutely unstoppable. This guy has been the most valuable wide receiver fantasy asset there is. But we got a game again with a high total. You got Thomas at 8,900 and 9,000. 89 on DK, 9,000 on FanDuel. Or you could pivot over to Julio, who's 7,900 and 8,700. So a little bit of a savings on FanDuel, but a massive savings on DK. What's your take on these two guys? Yeah, one of the reasons that I'm I'm really excited about so much value at running back this week. We already talked about Hunt. We already talked about Renard. Possibly Corey Clement. And there's also a couple other players worth mentioning that you could find in, in my uh, weekly breakdowns that are priced six thousand dollars or below. But I think you probably want exposure to either Thomas or Jones, whoever you prefer. They're both cash game viable in this game because these two have been so head and shoulders above the field in terms of target share. Julio over 40%, Michael Thomas almost at 40%. Obviously, numbers that aren't going to be uh, sustainable, they're going to come to earth a little bit, but we still see uh, most years at least a couple wide receivers around that 30% target share number. The the Saints have been the most concentrated passing game in the league, over 60% of the targets going to Thomas and Kamara. I don't think that changes, and the Saints are, are have at least shown more propensity to, sh- to throw to Thomas in the red zone than the Falcons have to Jones. Uh, so probably that, that gives you a little bit of a nudge to Thomas on Fando where their prices are closer. But where Julio's a thousand dollar discount on, on DraftKings, uh, just that, that target volume alone makes him very intriguing. I mean, it makes it really prohibitive to go after Michael Thomas on FanDuel, you know, at that at that price. If you're trying to squeeze in uh, some of the bigger running backs as well, I know there's value out there, but my goodness, uh, Michael Thomas is extraordinarily priced. Um, so, the next part to this is the Atlanta side. Matt Ryan was four for four in the red zone last week. Are you ready to trust the Falcons' offense in the red zone? I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're ready to trust it uh, forever. There's going to be enough opportunity there, though, where you want a piece of it. Uh, so, like I said, when you when you combine 
those things with the salaries, with Julio being $1,000 cheaper than Michael Thomas, with Matt Ryan coming in at such a uh, price uh, discounted compared to those other pass catchers that we just, dis- uh, um, I'm sorry, quarterbacks that we discussed, you, you have to use those situations and those opportunities to open up value at other positions. All right, TJ, here's a guy that uh, missed a whole bunch of time, changed teams, was quiet in week one, and is now 5,400 on DK, 6,500 on FanDuel. And um, I think he's going to be going under the radar this week. Which Chicago Bears wide receiver might I be talking about? I mean, the only one that Mitch Trubisky cares about is Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson, is he's that, that classic Monday night special where pricing comes out before the game and – Allen Robinson didn't have a monster game. He had 80 yards, but he was targeted 14 times and caught 10 of those targets, which pushed his market share up to 30%. If pricing had come out after the game, I don't think we would see the price that we see on him right now. He's $5,400 on DraftKings, $6,500 on FanDuel. His price actually went down on DraftKings compared to last week after a 14-target game. It's the same on FanDuel after a 14-target game. Uh, that doesn't happen, and we're getting that because pricing came out before Allen Robinson's game was over. Uh, the The Cardinals have, have not been great against wide receivers this year. They do have Patrick Peterson, but Patrick Peterson hasn't been playing shadow like he usually does this year. Part of that is because they haven't really faced an offense where he needs to shadow a receiver, but what the Bears have been doing anyway with Allen Robinson is they've been moving him all over the formation, pretty much even share from left side, right side, and the slot. And and the most intriguing one there is putting him in the slot. Uh, that that creates such a mismatch for players like Allen Robinson, like Michael Thomas, like Julio Jones, and seeing a third of his uh, snaps come there, it's 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 really encouraging, especially when he's see, seen such a big target share. I don't remember who made the joke. I, I think it might have been. Uh, I, I think it might have been my boy Sammy. But someone on Twitter said uh, about Allen Robinson in the slot. NFL coaches finally doing what players on Madden have been doing for five years. <laughs> I, I mean, I, li- I like your response there. The only guy that Mitch Trubisky cares about. It, it really is. I mean, Evan Silva called Mitch Trubisky a, a one read and, and run quarterback, and and that only read is Allen Robinson. <laughs> All right. So we got that, and then I uh, want to move on to the Rams wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, as far as air yards go, Robert Woods was a guy to target last week because, and we're still waiting on him to, you know, find payday, Pater mm-hmm. with the the touchdowns here. But air yards, R- Robert Woods has been utilized by uh, Jared Goff down the field. Then you got Cooper Cup, who Goff loves in the red zone. So let's talk about these two guys, and I want to start. Let's start with Cup. Because on FanDuel, Cup and Robinson, Allen Robinson, are very similarly priced. Let's say you've got mm-hmm. the extra $200. Do you go with Robinson at $6,500 or Cup at $6,300? Who, who, who do you prefer in that situation? In, in cash games, I'm, I'm definitely going with Robinson because of the, the guaranteed volume, that 30% target share. Um, they're, they're both great red zone guys, but uh, probably a little bit closer in tournaments because Cup... Cup six red zone targets are are the third most in the league. Uh, this is an offense that moves the ball more efficiently than the Bears. That's going to have more scoring opportunities than the Bears, not just this week, but throughout the season. And, and that Rams offense, they've spread the ball out pretty evenly between Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. I think they're all hovering around a, a 
22 to 26 or 27 percent target share but basically 80 percent of the targets in that offense are going between uh those three guys so anyone could pop on any week so i think that's why you might see people shy away from the rams a little bit but uh in in cash games i definitely want Allen robinson's 30 percent target share Yep, Robert Woods, 5,100 and 6,700 on, uh, on FanDuel. And again, yeah, this will be an interesting game too. And I, I don't know if it's going overlooked or not. I'm not getting a good read midweek right now, but Chargers-Rams, yeah. I mean, you got a couple offenses that are high-powered. You also got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball as well. I love the Rams this week. And, and the reason I singled out Cup and Robert Woods here just because, like I mentioned, this offense is is spread out pretty evenly between these big three pass catchers. But Brandon Cooks is still priced well ahead of, of Cup and Woods. We have Brandon Cooks at 7100 on DraftKings, $7,800 on FanDuel. You already mentioned Cups and, and, and Woods' price. Um, but those red zone targets to, to Cup make him very attractive. And then Robert Woods, the leader in targets and air yards. Now, if, if before the season you would say who's – the the leader in air yards you would say brandon cooks by a mile because he's their deep threat guy but it's not him it's woods right now and and if you ask the average fan i don't think they would know that uh one of the the best indicators of of buying a a receiver or just on a receiver that is due uh for a big game is for 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 josh hermsmeyer has an air yards model that basically calculates expected fantasy points and it's proven to be uh very accurate with those expected fantasy points and and even in in pretty short spurts we see numbers tend to regress to that expectation and and robert woods is a player in back-to-back weeks that has shown up as someone that's underperformed relative to his expectation uh he's getting the opportunity in a very good offense so he's a player that we should have our eye on this week yeah he's the forgotten guy in that offense who really had a monster year last season but you think of the Rams, you think Gurley, you think Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks, Cooper Cup, and then Robert Woods. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you there. I think Hermsmeyer pointed that out last week, and it hurt a bit. Uh, it helped a little bit, I should say. Mm-hmm. Tight end. Let's go to tight end. Why are we bewearing Jaquiski Tart? Questionable. Uh, well, Jaquiski Tart is the safety for the 49ers. Last mm-hmm. year, he was arguably the best cover safety against tight ends. Uh, got hurt halfway through the year. So the Niners numbers against tight ends looked somewhat mediocre at the end of the year, but for over the first half of the year with Tart in there, uh, they, they were in the top five against tight ends. Uh, they've only allowed 54 yards to tight ends this year. Their fantasy numbers allowed don't look great because they've allowed two touchdowns, but we know touchdowns are, are quite variable. I know that the chiefs are going to be a very popular play and obviously Kelsey coming off his big game, uh, people are going to want to lock him into to lineups. He's somewhat affordable uh, with with the value at running back. I think you, I don't prefer it, but I think there's a way you can pay up for him in in any format. Uh, but the one factor that is going to go ignored is going to be whether or not just Jaquiski Tart plays, and if he does play, uh, Kelsey has a, a wider range of outcomes than some people might expect. All right, so how about the Forty ers You talk about Tart, uh, yeah. George Kittle. A lot of people were on him for cash game, but a lot of people were just all over him last week mm-hmm. and not a good performance. 4.5K on DK, 5,800 fan as he bouncing back. Yeah, one of the good things that happens when these, these chalk players uh, 
don't perform as expected is it keeps their salary down and it's it, they, they were chalk because there were indicators that they're either good good plays or good players but while their salary is kept down it, it lowers usage so you get a a value situation where a guy like George Kittle who uh is is the team leader in targets in a game that's going to be very high scoring uh on and basically a leverage spot uh, off of not even just the Chiefs' entire pass game, but off of the opposite tight end, forty five hundred on DraftKings, fifty eight hundred on FanDuel, uh, still registers as a uh, as a top value uh, despite that game last week because of the volume he's going to see, and it looks like Eric Berry is still going to be out. So uh, two safeties in this game that that could determine which tight end goes off, but Eric Berry looks uh, looks very unlikely to play this week, so that helps Kittle's uh, outlook a little more. All right, and then Jack Doyle. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting. This mm-hmm. is an interesting one because Eric Ebron is the red zone target right now. Sure. And on Fanduel, you touchdowns more important than anything else. And you know, Doyle doesn't look as attractive to me. He's three point five k on DK. So tell me, sell, sell me on Jack Doyle. Why is he a good play this week on either or both sites? Yeah, I, I think this is where some some new or newer DFS players really tend to struggle in terms of. Uh, being price sensitive, understanding value, and and knowing when to pounce on these situations. Jack Doyle has seen 18% of the Colts' targets. He's seen at least five targets in both games, which is pretty respectable for a tight end. Anything over five is is usually going to put you around the, the top five for the week. Uh, but despite that volume, his price has dropped on DraftKings by $500 from last week, and it's down $400 on FanDuel. Uh, so down at $3,500 on DraftKings, $5,200 on FanDuel. The tight end position is one where even if the player that that you're rostering, even in cash games, uh, has an arguably low floor, that's a position that is very high variance no matter who you're playing. So it's a position where when you do have an opportunity to punt, especially if it's with a player that has sustainable volume, that's a very good spot. And that's what Jack Doyle is right now. Uh, the Colts with Andrew Luck so far this year, they have the, the sixth highest passing rate in neutral game script. That's the game within a single score. And what you said is exactly what the the logic is uh with the tight ends right now is that Ebron's the red zone guy, but uh, one of his uh, touchdowns, if not both came from outside the red zone. So he scored the touchdowns, but Doyle actually has one more red zone mm-hmm. target than Ebron. So those are the indicators of the scoring. And, and those are the things we need to be looking at. That's why the, the final outcome can be uh, so misleading and, and lead to such bad decision-making. And even if, even if you avoid them together, it can just make you ignore a situation like this where Doyle is priced down despite the volume. So if if, if you asked who had more red zone targets, the majority of people are, are going to say Ebron because he scored, but in reality, it's Doyle. That's what I was waiting for right there. Jack Doyle has the red, more red zone targets. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, speaking of air yards or average depth, of, let's go to average depth of target yeah. with quarterbacks. Andrew Luck, five yards? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, what? That's that. That should push you even more towards Doyle. I mean, Ebron does have uh, more air yards, but we don't know if Luck can really push it downfield. I mean, yeah, Ebron scored, what was it, a, a 30-yard play. So there, there's some there's some flashes there, but over the course of the game, consistently, he's just not pushing it downfield. Defense time, a uh, couple stand. I mean, if you go top shelf, you've got a couple of teams, Jacksonville and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think you can go you know, down the list a little bit, obviously. I, the interesting one to me is the Denver-Baltimore game 
And you know, Baltimore is priced lower than Denver. I, I think it's on the on FanDuel on FanDuel. And you know, Case Keenum's got a knee, and and Baltimore at home is always good. But uh, those are not two teams that we're going to be talking about here on the core plays. Uh, we'll start with the Vikings, forty three hundred DK, forty nine hundred FanDuel. TJ, if you're so inclined to pay up for defense, not something that I, I think you usually um, need to do. And, and actually, I think they're uh, I think they're forty nine on both. I might have written that down wrong. Uh, but even despite that really high price tag, they come in as the top values on four for four on both sites. And that's just by the because... way, you're right. They're they're forty three hundred on DK. Okay, okay. forty three hundred, um, not forty nine. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, they they're still our top value just because they have they have such a high floor against this Buffalo offense. Um, Buffalo has averaged just 16 yards per drive. They're allowing the the second highest adjusted sack rate in the league. So you're you're getting a lot of pressure on a quarterback in offense that can't move the ball, which leads to very good field position. The Vikings are favored by 17 points. There's probably enough value where you can fit in the Vikings. Um, but you can also make the argument that paying down at the position can help you get to some higher floor, higher ceiling um, skill positions. Because even if the Vikings do end up blowing out Buffalo, if if they don't get a few turnovers and they don't get the shutout, they can put up a good but not great number and, and, and you can still get by with uh, saving a couple bucks at defense if you need to. And then Cowboys way down low. Uh, you've got two horrific offenses with the Cowboys mm-hmm. and the Seahawks. Yeah. I think some people might be on the Seahawks just because they're at home and they haven't realized if, if you have realized that the Legion of boom is dead, uh, wake <laughs> up. But the Cowboys are a really intriguing play, especially on DK at 2,200. I mean, you, you have to think about them on DraftKings. $2,200 is so cheap and Seattle's offense has been so atrocious. Uh, Cowboys, defense has at least their defensive line has been good to date they have the third highest adjusted sack rate through through only two weeks but uh but that that's still worth noting and then seattle's offensive line on the other side of the spectrum they've been the worst in terms of adjusted sack rate they've allowed the most sacks to russell wilson and that's to a mobile quarterback so they're getting after a mobile quarterback so much that russ can't even get away um they've had the fourth fourth fewest yards per drive. And that's something that we're not used to seeing from Seattle. And that's just because Russ just doesn't have anyone to give the ball to. Um, (laughs) Last week, Pete Carroll said that they threw too much and that Russell Wilson is trying too hard, which is (laughs) hilarious because he's their only good player on offense and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's just a, a indicator of, of kind of how in shambles this offense is. So, uh, I mean, this is probably going to be a, a ugly, grinded-out game, and we usually don't look for underdogs to to um, to roster in cash games. But when you have a situation like this, where the Cowboys are only twenty two hundred, and they're still really cheap on Fanduel thirty four hundred, so if you need to save that salary, it, it's worth it. But it's it's glaring on DraftKings, and and I'm I'm fine rostering the Cowboys in any format. I'm going to switch it up to game theory, but want to remind everybody that 4 for 4 is partnered up with DraftKings to bring you any of our 4 for 4 memberships for free. All you got to do is go to 4for4.com backslash DraftKings, 4for4.com backslash DraftKings, follow the instructions. You'll get full access to our most accurate rankings. You get the lineup generator, 
optimal lineups, premium articles, all of TJ's great DFS articles. We also have some, uh, who is it? Ryan Hodge does some good work there. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch. I don't want to leave anybody out. Great DFS sub plan. Uh, all for five bucks. You can then enter into a contest to potentially win more. So we're super excited to bring you the deal. And if you want to access right away, go to 444.com backslash draft Kings and follow the instructions. All right, so there's uh, two ways of saying what we're going to talk about game theory. There's the onslaught or the game stack. And you call it an onslaught. I call it a game stack. And the Millie Makers are onslaughting it up these yeah. first two weeks, man. Yeah, we've seen uh, we've seen the, the first two winners of the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings go with, with an onslaught. And before we get into this... Uh, this discussion of, of what we're going to be talking about, uh, the hows and the whys and, and, and the whats, uh, we'll, we'll throw out a couple definitions for the new listener. So um, a lot of times when you're, when you're talking about building GPP lineups, you stacking is one of the most popular terms. It's just playing two players with um, highly correlated outcomes. And the most popular of those is the quarterback with his primary wide receiver. And, and uh, when you take that a step further, oftentimes you'll see people are out at a team stack. Um, so uh, usually a team stack, we're talking about three, maybe four players, but I think I, I, often four is, is a little much, but sometimes that'll be a, a quarterback and tuners, two of his receivers um, or, or a quarterback with uh, his running back and, and pass catchers. And then uh, take that a, a step out. We have the game stack where, uh, you might have one of those traditional stacks, whether it just be two players from one team or three, and then you add a, a correlation play from the other side off, and that's the, the opposing wide receiver in, in a game that we're expecting a shootout in. Uh, but the onslaught is is basically the game stack on steroids. So instead of just two or three players from one team and, and one player from the other team, it's a situation where someone rosters five, six players in one game, throws them all in one lineup, uh, and that, that's what we call the onslaught. So it's worked. I mean, it, it has, it, it has worked. It's something that I, I, I have at least done a couple lineups every mm-hmm. week when it comes to GPP, you're not going to use this in cash. I mean, it's just no. asinine, but team, the game goes off. That's it. I mean, the sure. game goes off. You're set. And uh, it's happened here with the Chiefs and the Steelers last week. If you like mm-hmm. a game as much as that, then go ahead and stack it up. It, it yeah. is what I'd say. So you can get the team stack, you get the game snack, and you can snack while you're stacking. This is, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be really dialed into one game, if you got the package mm-hmm. at home or go to a bar and <laughs> go, yeah, go do a game stack, man. Do an onslaught because all you're doing is rooting for points. Then bet the over while you're at it. <laughs> Uh, if if you're rolling out a, a game stack, you better be betting the over because if it doesn't hit, um, I mean, wh- why are you why are you playing that game stack? But the idea is that you're trying to get one of those games, like we saw uh, last week with the the Chiefs and and the Steelers or or Tampa Bay and New Orleans in Week One. You're trying to get all of as many of, if not all of, the points <clears throat> from that game in your lineup, and then. What that does is most people know which games are going to to go off, or at least which games are expected to go off. So we're going to see a lot of players in isolation very high-owned. Uh, we're going to see a lot of stacks very high-owned. But by going with an onslaught, by rostering five or six players, you're, you're doing two things. You're, 
you're giving yourself a unique combination of those players just because there aren't very many people implementing that strategy. And then you're forcing yourself to add unpopular plays from that game to your lineup. So you're getting a very low owned version of what's probably the most popular game of the week. All right. So when does it work? You know, last two weeks, week one, yeah. the Bucks. nobody had the Bucks. Everybody mm-hmm. had the Saints. Week two, uh, last week, I mean, we knew what, what the game was going to be. We yeah. knew it was going to be. Uh, we knew that it was going to be the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game. So when does it work? You tell me. Well, the the interesting thing about those two games is that they were they were slightly different uh, versions of the onslaught. And, and these are the nuances that really separate the men from the boys, so to speak, at DFS is paying attention to these specifics in the lineup understanding the hows and whys and and then at least putting that in your arsenal. So in week one, we saw the winner use an onslaught with a couple of low owned bucks players uh, to offset the, the chalk, the, the Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara who were extremely high owned in week two, we saw a different form of, of the onslaught where uh, the winner took, I think five chiefs in his lineup and only one, uh, Steeler and that Steeler being Juju Smith Schuster. So instead of offsetting um, the chalk with low on plays, just went with all low on plays because even though the Chiefs were a little bit popular, um, players like Sammy Watkins and and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt were weren't as popular as as the Mahomes and the Tyree Kills. Uh, so he got exposure to that crazy shootout uh, with a bunch of low on plays. I don't think he had anyone owned more than 14% in his lineup. But but the reason it's worked these two weeks is because these games have had huge upside. Um, we haven't seen, uh, except for the Saints, we haven't seen super concentrated offenses. So we saw the we saw the Chiefs really spread the ball around uh, last week. We saw the Steelers go to Juju Smith-Schuster um, in a, on a team where they usually just go to, to A.B. and whoever their running back is. Right now it's been Connor. Uh, and then in week one, the Buccaneers spread it out between uh, Godwin, Deshaun, and um, Mike Evans. So if it is an offense where you only have one or two playmakers and no one else ever makes any noise, it's kind of tough to pull off that onslaught. Uh, And this usually works in small slates. It's not a strategy we've seen at least successfully in a lot of full slates or a lot of winning Millie makers. So it's, it's super interesting that we've seen it twice early in the season this year. So the downside, obviously um, you don't have the exposure, Mm -hmm. the player pool exposure. Yeah. And uh, talk about the downside and then, yeah. How much do you want to use it? How much do you really want to use it? Is it the, is it going to become the trendy thing? You know, three straight weeks and there's a Millie Maker? Forget about it. Everybody's going to be using it, right? Well, here's here's the thing about the onslaught is the first two weeks of the season, we've had games that have pretty much just lapped the field in terms of overall points, in terms of a single team scoring points. And we've been lucky enough to have situations where those points have been spread out pretty evenly, like we saw with the Chiefs between walk-ins and, and, and Hunt and um, and Kelsey, that doesn't always happen. So like you said, it caps the upside, not only of your exposure to other games, because you're, you're concentrating so much on one game, but possibly just the, the upside of that lineup, because if it isn't spread out evenly, if you have just one player that goes off, you're not going to be able to have, if, 
if we go back to last week, if you're all in on Steelers and, and, and Chiefs and Odell goes off, you have way less chance of having exposure to Odell or having Odell with those uh, players in that game that go off. And, and it makes your, your player pool much smaller. So it leads to a, a, a much higher variance week. Um, you, you just have fewer players you're, you're hoping for a single range of outcomes or just banking on a, a less likely outcome uh, compared to, to to what we usually see. And for that reason, it's something that I don't think that you should use as the cornerstone of your GPP lineup strategy. And, and I think that's where there is a little bit of danger right now because we've seen it work two weeks in a row. Um, but just because it's what is working. It doesn't mean it's what's going to continue to work or what the most popular play is. We, if you go into onto DraftKings, something that you can do is you can download all of the lineups uh, from, from every single entry in, in that tournament and see how these players built their lineups. And, and the winner last week, he won with a game stack, but if you go through his, I think he had 27 lineups. I think he only had two huge onslaughts um, in a couple game stacks and mixed in a couple other players. It just happened to be the one that hit. So if you go build 27 onslaught teams, uh, that's a very, very risky strategy. Um, oh yeah. And, I mean, in a single, in a single entry tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. If you're using it in a single entry or if you, even if you have, you have 20 entries and you try to use 20 different onslaughts, it's just, it's going to be really hard to catch that lightning in a bottle like we've seen in uh, back-to-back weeks. So what what I I warn against and what I, I talked about a little bit in the intro to, uh, to TJ's takes talking about these onslaughts, kind of what got us thinking about this, um, is that you should you should think about your lineup strategies kind of like you would your your player exposure. So if you have your 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 riskiest plays or your 1% plays and you're only going to use them in in 5% of your lineups, maybe you should only be using out of all of your your lineup building strategies using more traditional game stacks and maybe only 5% putting in onslaughts because uh I I don't think this is going to happen as often as we've seen in the first 2 weeks, but at the same token, maybe not as many people have been using it because they've been scared of that cap upside. So maybe maybe we see more people implementing this onslaught strategy on full slates where it's, it hasn't been the popular thing to do uh, in the past. Well, listen, if you're a high-volume GPP player, mm-hmm. then you probably should have always been throwing in it, maybe not even 5%, maybe 2%, 3% sure, game sure. stacks. But or onslaught, as you say. I mean, onslaught just kind of sounds badass. I'll, I'll start throwing <laughs> yeah. onslaught too. But if you were if you're a cash game player and you're throwing in maybe ten lineups mm-hmm. a week, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't really say that it would be sound strategy to throw in more than one onslaught. And maybe that's even mm-hmm. too much. Just yeah. the, the chances of, hit, of of it going off great, but the chances of it hitting are so much worse. So right. much worse. And and the reason for that is is remember it's not every week that we have a game that laps the field like we've seen the last couple of weeks. Remember we have two games on the main slate with uh totals over fifty and and if if those points are are pretty even between say we have say we have Julio, Michael Thomas, um uh, uh Tyree Kill Pierre Garçon, if they all go off, but you just focused everything on one of those games and out of your 10 lineups, try to guess which one, uh, you're going to have a hard time. So it's 
that's why people need to to use this sparingly and and not just assume what has worked in the first couple of weeks um, is the way to go now. All right, ladies and gents, uh, if you want to support what we do, and first of all, thanks for listening, but uh, you want to support what we do, sign up for the DFS package here, and you get 25% off by using the promo DFS MVP. DFS MVP. Uh, TJ, tell them the rate and review because you do it a lot better than I do. We have really comfortable shirts at 4 for 4, and if you rate and review uh, with a five-star rating, we're going we're gonna to draw someone's name each week to, to give you your choice of one of those t-shirts uh rep four for four hopefully while you're you're taking down some some nice gpps and uh, while you're at it go ahead and give myself a follow tj hernandez on twitter you could find holden kushner at holden radio and uh, we will talk to you guys next week hopefully after a profitable week three yeah real quick though we also need a t-shirt that just says onslaught on it onslaught four for four because the more i say it the more badass i feel i think we can make that happen i i know people <laughs> All right, buddy. Good luck, everybody, in week three. I'm the undisputed king of the parking lot. I'm sitting sideways.